0: Welcome back to the Brothers in Christ podcast Today we will be going into Ephesians 4 and talking about the unity of the body So let's just jump right in Welcome back to the Brothers in Christ podcast. We're going through Ephesians 4 today, and we've got quite a long reading ahead of us, so let's just get that done. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended... What does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God when each part is working proper, properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Alright, that's a lot to go through. But, just to start at the beginning of this passage, and then we can work our way through. The thing that Paul points out is, once we accept Christ, our lives should totally not look the same. Like we We don't just accept Christ and then, Live uh, slightly altered or uh, not change at all. No, like when we're changed, we, we, our old self needs to die and we need to be raised into this new life that God has called us. And that life should be so much different. And like some of the differences that he points out in the text is. We're supposed to live in lowliness, gentleness, long suf- suffering, and love. And that's just not ways that we live or think in our old sinful self. Like Paul really st- stresses in the first part of the chapter, verses one through six, how the church is supposed to be unified. Yeah. And like he repeats the word one like seven times, in just those three verses, four, five, and six. So he's really stressing the fact that our f- faith is one faith. It's not It's not supposed to be divided into all, all sorts of factions. Like So that makes me think of 1 Corinthians, where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and the church has been divided between Paul, Apollos, and Peter. And Paul says that's not how it's supposed to be. Like, leaders are supposed to shepherd and care for the church, and they themselves are subject to Christ. And so it is not at all important, like, if you're following Paul or Apollos or Peter, when they are all supposed to be following Christ. Right. I like, in this passage, how it is um, implied, I guess, that really there are trivial matters that don't matter, and that we should be able to work through um, and not be divided over as a church or family of Christ because we're worshipping the same God and have the same faith. That's the one that he points out in this passage. And there's not all kinds of different truths that we're believing. If we believe in Christ then we're worshipping the same God and the same same faith same truth and sure everybody's gonna have their own opinion but that doesn't mean we need to just divide on those and be separated because we're worshiping the same god i mean absolutely and yeah it just looks really bad to a non-believer who's looking from outside into the church if we're all like divided and it really helps with the ministry too not being divided in our church families another thing that i liked in this passage was the gifts that paul talks about in like verse 11 how some are some get a gift others get other gifts but how we're supposed to use those gifts for the unity of the the body and not seek it for our own glory but seek it for the embitterment of God's kingdom and of our church body, and then for the embitterment of God's kingdom and the church body, um, so that we're able to like have more firepower, I guess, going out into the world, completing our our good tasks, and together. Through that, we are able to grow as a family because each has their own strength. When we share those strengths, it strengthens everybody. Yeah, and yeah, so Paul emphasizes that instead of these leaders using their gifts to divide the church and like seek glory for themselves, like you said, instead... Working for God's glory and for the embetterment of the church, and yeah Paul really stresses that in the latter half of this passage, and then at the very end of this passage, he says that, that when each part is working properly it makes it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's like God gave us all different gifts. And we're supposed to use those in commun community with each other, like working together for the good of the church to build to build it up, yeah, so like if even one part is missing, the whole thing doesn't work very well, like oh I forget where it is, but like somewhere in another of Paul's epistles it says. Like, can the eye say to the hand, I don't need you? Like, we all need each other. We all need each other's gifts. And working together is the only way to actually work those gifts for good. For sure. And to that point, I think in this passage, Paul states that how important it is for each of us to be strong in our faith and have our own faith instead of relying on other people's faith like our parents or a friend's faith because in that you'll be like an infant who can be led astray and can be broken down very easily and to use to use the analogy of a building the foundation is going to be better if it is resting on lots of lots of strong stones instead of just like one one stone i mean like what if that stone crumbles or breaks then all the stones that are relying on that are also going to fall down and break and i think that that's what happens if we're living off of somebody else's faith we're we're just weak and we can break easily like that and then going back to being able to be led astray um if we're not in the word like daily and spending time in prayer it is so easy to be just like pulled away from the like not in some like devilish way where he just like blows up your life but it's in like just putting it off and becoming lax in your faith then something can pull you away and then it is so much easier to be living in a life of sin when when we're not constantly in fellowship with god i mean yeah like first peter says the your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour and that's a pretty frightening picture, like the fact that the devil is out to get us, but then like the antidote to that, a fellowship with God, like you said. All right, we will read the next, next passage from verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the fertility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding. and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. I mean, very clearly in this passage, we are called to not live as the Gentiles, which are the unbelievers, because they are ignorant, because they want to follow their lust. They want to be their own god of their life and decide what what is right and what is wrong so that they can follow their lusts and live in them and i mean putting it back on us we need to be wary of this and not allow pride and arrogance to get into our lives and think that we're better than anybody else or even god and follow his commands because those are our word, are best for our lives, even if we can't see it in the moment, It, they definitely are. Yeah, I mean, just hearkening back to chapter 2. This is how we once walked, like, darkened in our understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in us. But now that God has made us new in Christ, we are called to put that off and put on the new man. And to be renewed in the spirit of our minds that we will not walk in that way any longer. I think this really also helps with ministry as well. Like if a non Christian is saying to a Christian, like, I'm not a Christian, you are, and I don't see any difference between me and you, like that that does not make the gospel look good. When so called Christians are Being just like the Gentiles walking in the futility of their minds and like walking in sin instead of like being separate, like being a light to the nations. Right. But that's that's not the way that we learned Christ, as Paul says, and that that's the life that we need to to leave behind, put away, have it die so that God can come in and work through us and it's it's definitely not easy there is part of this is a death your old self needs needs to die and obviously there will be times that it's gonna be hard to let go of the power that we want and to let God be our God instead of us but that's really what we need to do to not live as Gentiles. Uh, Let's just go ahead and finish the chapter from verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are all members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you, so here paul go, really goes into like this really long list of ways that this testimony in the last passage that we read should transform our lives from that of the Gentiles, like replacing falsehood with truth, replacing like anger with peace replacing theft with generosity corrupting talk with building others up with your speech so this is really a long list of like throwing out all these old things and bringing in all these new things Mm -hmm. and we need to know what the sin is in our lives and know like the opposite of that or how to stop that so so that we know like what we need to combat and what we need to change and work at and flip it for the opposite because going back to the unity of the body when what one person stumbles and falls it it drags everybody else down and then the church body should help that person like pick that person back up but really is a setback for everybody and it's just like not what we need as a body and that's trying to give our best impression of Christ in the world I mean yeah and putting off all this old stuff and bringing this new stuff will become easier and easier as we are being sanctified by the Holy Spirit but yeah absolutely we need to like consciously be working at it and staying in communion with god and yeah like this is a conscious effort okay and everything that we should that we do should benefit everybody around us for instance the verse: let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth but only what is good for building up as fits the occasion that it might may give grace to those who hear. And so this verse clearly clearly says that we sh- what well, all that we say should be building up not tearing down um benefiting those who listen. So obviously this applies to like criticizing or making fun of somebody. But I also think it's just having these trivial conversations. That really aren't productive at all. You're not building relationships. You're really just discussing stuff. For your own pleasure. I know I'm involved in these lots of. All the time. But instead we should be emphasizing Christ. And we don't always have to emphasize Christ. Like bring up Christ in every conversation. Because that's going to turn people off. And they'll be like. Oh well that person doesn't even care about me. They just care about. That I believe the same stuff that they do, but just to not let our conversations become this. Are you like trying to say that there should be no wasted words? Yeah, I guess. And as we were raised, our mom used to say, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all. And (laughs) I think that's so true for every conversation. If it's not speaking life or truth, then it probably doesn't need to be spoken at all. And then tying this in with the whole unity theme of the chapter, just hurtful, hurtful speech really is one of the biggest factors in division in our world. So we need to be careful, especially in the body of Christ, to build each other's up, to speak truth so that we avoid destruction and dragging down of the body of Christ and the unity of it so uh we'll end it there thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Brothers in Christ. I hope you enjoyed it and were able to learn something from it. And we'll see you next time.